I just uh I feel like post Bruins like overtime win right now where the all the adrenaline spiked and now I'm just like, oh Jesus Christ, <laughs> I don't even know where to go from here. Yeah, if only hockey had a once every four years event where teams could represent their countries and um oh oh no. It, doesn't, it just doesn't happen anymore. Oh, the US one. Yes. Cool. <laughs> Neat. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, shout out to Kristen Polisic for putting the sack and sacrifice, by the way. <laughs> I had to appreciate that one. But. Good. Uh-huh. No. Attack on it's me. Rare W. Perhaps myself. <laughs> All right. Welcome back, everybody. We are cracking a beer of celebration today, at least here in the United States. After eight long years, our baby Eagles are through the group stage of the 2020. Two had to check the year <laughs> men's world cup uh, doing what only our women have been able to do anytime recently what was that chris did someone fill me in on the baby eagles thing uh it's just because they're very young okay. like our average age is like 22 so and you know uh the u.s actually we'll have to get drew on here to read you the wikipedia page of uh, bald eagles because i'm sure there's there's some good stuff in there but uh anyway this is the bruce and birds podcast day the hockey podcast network podcast presented by bruins diehards and pride diehards um yeah good day for uh any bruins american sports fans between the uh the u.s qualifier rather not qualifying but i guess qualifying for the round of 16 uh and obviously the bruins defeating tampa bay for the second time in i think eight days so just over a week and extending their nhl record uh home winning streak to start a season at 13 games now and still counting uh I, I, this is going to be tough to start podcasting because there's just really nothing bad you can say about this team here right now. Um, but for now, we'll just get around into the drinks. Uh, I am drinking a a very special. My dad gave me this glass. Perhaps you saw it on Twitter earlier uh, from the 2014 World Cup. Not actually from the World Cup, but uh, large Erdinger. I don't know if that's how you say it. Is it Erdinger? Erdinger? I've never had this actually, the actual beer. But anyway, it's a pretty dope glass with a large soccer ball on the top. Feels fitting to, uh, <laughs> today. The what? What about this? Looks like oh, like, like the, along the top. There's just like butt cheeks all the way around it. Butt cheeks all the way around it. I'm not sure I'm seeing it, but you know what? I appreciate the creativity, cat. That's it's, great. Uh, it's baked into the glass. Yes, it's really putting the ass in glass. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can't have one without the other. Um, anyway, what are y'all? What are y'all drinking over there tonight? Oh, shouts to Catherine for this one. Um, we were in the grocery store just doing some, some pre Thanksgiving, uh, shopping and Kat found happy dad, hard seltzer, um, with electrolytes. So, I mean, first of all, great name. You gotta love the name. Second of all, uh, had a few of these around the, uh, the Thanksgiving times and uh, uh, they were pretty delicious. So we're, we're giving it a go here on the pod. 5%. Um, just a pretty flavorful for a seltzer. I'm, I've got the watermelon one right here. 
Um, it is gluten-free. Uh, yes, Drew, who is not here. Um, yeah, tasteability, I'm going pretty high with it for a seltzer, uh, like 26. Um, and then drinkability, I haven't really pounded these, but I feel like they're, uh, you know, for a seltzer, pretty, pretty drinkable. Um, I would say drinkability, it's maybe not as uh, heavily carbonated as a seltzer uh, as I'm used to. Um, so yeah, drinkability high, like 31. Um, yeah, uh, Chris has the watermelon, I have the wild cherry. Um, don't think I'd put the drinkability quite that high because it's pretty carbonated. Um, I, I'm not a, very notably not a seltzer person. Um, Same. So I think it tastes fine. Uh, the cherry flavor is not overly sweet. Um, I put drinkability at like a, I don't know, 16. Um, tasteability. I mean, I don't have a ton to base it off of. I think the last time I had a White Claw was like two summers ago and it wasn't my choice. Um, so I think it tastes pretty watery, but I think that's what all seltzers taste like. So I'd say probably like a 20 in the tasteability department too. Call me a happy dad. I am I go. pleasantly surprised with it. <laughs> Which the drinker though <laughs> yeah just the beverage in general yes <laughs> I'm, I'm also not a seltzer guy uh otherwise we'd be doing seltz and seltzers but we're we're hockey and beer people here um although shout out to my maryland terrapins basketball team but anyway um i am drinking i, I don't know if i had this on last week i don't i don't think so i think i bought this for something else but uh baxter coastal haze ipa uh 5.9 percent a classic hazy New England style IPA. Um, I mean, this is just a really good go-to beer. They have it at a lot of the bars around here, obviously being a main locally crafted beer and stuff, but um, if you see it on a menu anytime, I would definitely recommend ordering it. It's got a whole long description about main stuff, but uh, it says it's carefully crafted with bright citrus aroma to honor the spirit of adventure and the ruggedness of our distinct state. There you go. Sounds pretty cool. Um, good beer though. I'm not overly hoppy. It's got a nice, uh, kind of sweeter citrusiness to it. It's definitely not like a sweet beer by any means, but, um, it's got, you know, a less aggressive hops to it and very well-rounded. Also just a great beer color. I don't know if you guys can really see in the light, but, um, mm -hmm. it's good stuff. Drinkability. Pretty high for an IPA, probably like a 30. Um, definitely smooth goes really well with kind of any food. I get at a lot of restaurants that I'm eating. It doesn't feel like it's fighting with the food you're on. Uh, tasteability, definitely up there as well. I'm going to give it a 33. Very solid beer. Even better out of a large themed glass like this, of course. I think good glasses make beer taste better, you know, especially tall glasses. Those large pint ones. Anyway, <sighs> I don't know about you guys. I'm just feeling relieved. It was... It's a stressful day for myself and, and soccer fans across the U.S. Um, 
and obviously I know this is a hockey podcast, but it, it did, it had me thinking a lot about the Bruins today because I was, I would say sitting watching the game, but pacing around the living, the living room, uh, watching the game unfold and knowing that at any moment, Iran could strike and shatter my dreams from the last eight years. <laughs> it was a stressful situation. And I just kept going back to thinking like the only time that I'm acting this way is during Bruins playoff games and pretty deep. Like I was in full Stanley cup final mode, screaming at my television it was 2.30 p.m., so I'm sure my neighbors were thrilled about that. Um, but, yeah, I just could not sit down the entire day. It felt like I was just, like, absolutely locked into that. And that really only happens, I feel like, with with playoff hockey. And, um, you know, obviously the World Cup being as rare as it is, got the, the adrenaline flowing. But I just uh, – I feel like post-Bruins, like, overtime win right now where the all the adrenaline spiked, and now I'm just like, oh, Jesus Christ, I don't even know where to go from here. Yeah, if only hockey had a once-every-four-years event where teams could represent their countries. and um, oh, oh, no. It, doesn't, it just doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, it's such I, a shame. I didn't really want I didn't watch this game because I was at work, but I did get to hear the reactions of people in the break room watching it. Um, and so I, I knew when the goal was scored and I quickly looked it up on Twitter and Oh, the U S one. Yes. Cool. <laughs> Neat. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, shout out to Kristen Polisic for putting the sack and sacrifice, by the way, <laughs> I had to appreciate that one, but, um, yeah, I don't know. Apparently, um, once the Bruins playoff starts, I'm going to have to jump on work calls all the time because both of the goals that the U S scored through the group stage were while I was on work calls. Um, yeah, so I would have, you know, superstition and all that. I have to keep that one rolling. But, uh, anyway, let's turn it over to the Bruins. That's what we're here to talk about. Uh, a little bit of chatter coming into the game about the bees finally being healthy or their, their healthy ideal roster going into this one with forward and, uh, Trent, Fred and Eric all making the return. Uh, what did you guys see after, you know, a, a lot of talk about the Bruins with injuries coming into the season, obviously that has shifted in the Bruins just being a wagon anyway. Um, but now they're a, a fully pieced together wagon, if you will. And, uh, another strong bend don't break performance and, and putting that final nail in the coffin with the empty netter. But what, what sat with you about that game? Uh, so the, the interesting move was with the fully healthy roster having that third line with Taylor Hall on it. Um, I mean, obviously the guy scored two goals. Um, uh, I believe it was one of them on the power play or were they both on the power play? I think it was just the one. Okay. Uh, box score. I mean, clearly he's not suffering for it. Uh, yeah. This, this isn't being framed as a demotion in any way. Like he's, He's been playing well this season. Um, for me, this is kind of Montgomery trying to recreate the HBK line from Pittsburgh um, by having Phil Kessel down on the third line. Um, kind of a similar type player, maybe plays a little, little better defense than, than Phil did, but I think the, uh, the rest of the line plays a little – the rest of the Bruins line isn't quite as strong defensively as the rest of that HBK line was. But um, – I I like how the lineup looks. Obviously, people on Twitter were freaking out, saying, "All right, this, the Bruins team absolutely hot, but they're about to hit a buzzsaw of a schedule." Um, but you know, beating Tampa twice, pretty good stuff. Um, not mad about that. Obviously, you're going to get tested against the the Abs on Saturday. See how that goes. But 
I, you got to feel good about it. And I mean, uh, as always happens with Boston sports, people are saying, well, yeah, I don't get used to it. It's going to all come crumbling down, but um, these wins count just as much as they do uh, late in the season. And so getting out ahead of it, getting all your points early in the season, you know, I don't want, I don't want the team to be coasting going into the playoffs or anything like that, but I mean, there, there were plenty of talks about the Bruins not even making the playoffs this year, considering how injured they were going into the season. And um, kind of seems like as long as they hold serve, they're going to coast. I think it, not to, not to say that people on Twitter don't watch the games or know what they're talking about or anything like that. <laughs> but I feel like usually when there's this hesitation to buy in when a team's sort of steamrolling like the Bruins are, it's because the wins don't look deserved. Cause we've seen that we've seen teams that start off a season looking really hot or have like it's a massive win year. streak. Uh, <laughs> when have the Sabres ever been good to start the season? <laughs> um, like the Coyotes at one point, two years ago, like had a big hot streak where they like won a bunch of games in a row. And the devils had a period where they were doing that, where they were winning a bunch of games and just like, not looking like they should have been winning them and either their goaltenders were standing on their heads or they were getting a lot of lucky goals or they had players with shooting percentages that were just sky high um and that's kind of not what we're seeing from the Bruins right now even like whether it's easy or hard teams they're looking solid like they're looking like the better team in every game they're playing and they're having a few games here and there where they're just not showing up for a full 60 minutes, but I haven't seen them play any game so far this year where I thought, Oh, if they win this one, it's certainly not going to be because they deserved it. Um, They've looked like a team that is putting in the effort to get the wins the entire time. And I think that anyone who looks at the start of their season and is still nervous moving forward. uh, I I don't know what they're watching. (laughs) Yeah, that's the thing for me is, like, like I feel like <laughs> there's been plenty of times, even with the Bruins or whoever, you see a team rolling and you're like, oh, they've been rolling despite this. Or, like, you know, even back to 2011, the cup run, it was like they were rolling despite the power play. Like, I, there's really nothing that's standing out as, like, there's a clear gap. You look at guys like Derek Forbert and stuff who, you know, obviously not Charlie McAvoy in terms of value on the team. You're never sure he's going to fit, especially the new coach, new system has taken some criticism over the last couple of years, whatever. He's been great. Like you can't point to really any player on this roster so far and be like, Oh, that's an obvious soft spot right now. And that's so rare for a team to be. I mean, again, I, I know we're not that far into the season, but we've got a 22 game sample size at this point. That's significant. And, you know, guys are putting together stretches that we haven't seen out of them in, in careers really. <laughs> and obviously it's been a top to bottom performance, which has been, huge for the Bruins. That's been something that's been lacking over the last couple of years. And really for a while, quite frankly, is, is having that depth and to see that continue to work over such a long period here has been really encouraging. I think so far. We're at the point where, I mean, heading into the Thanksgiving break is usually the litmus test. Uh, I forget who did all the calculations a few years ago, but there, once you hit the Thanksgiving break, if you're, just like drastically far behind at that point, the record of coming back and doing well is 
almost none. And if you're doing historically well at that point, I think the only team that's really been sitting as pretty as the Bruins are around that point and then just absolutely taking a nosedive off a cliff was, I think, the Toronto Maple Leafs did it a few years back. Um, no. I know. Shocker. Um, <laughs> but it's like we're over a quarter of the way through through the season now, and that's not quite to the point where they should coast, obviously, but they can, uh, I mean, they can afford to have a few stinkers here and there and still be like leagues ahead of almost everyone else. It's, it's really funny though. Like uh, I'm glad you mentioned it again, but like we've been talking about it over the last few episodes, like you can't really pinpoint anyone who's playing poorly. Like you can't, you, Trent, Fred, Eric, that guy sucks. No, he's been really good. Yeah. Only Fred. But the, yeah. At least two thirds of him has been solid. Eric's been a little sus lately, but it's all right. Yeah. And the thing is, like, in every hockey season, every single player on every single team is going to have a cold streak at some point. And obviously it depends on what type of player it is. Like, guys like Brad Marchand aren't going to have as long a cold streak as guys like Nick Foligno. Or uh, last season, Nick Foligno seemed like he was having a cold streak the whole season. So um, it's really cool to see a guy like him who has really ingratiated himself to the – team and the fans um have a real hot start then have a few games where it seemed like okay this might be a fluke and then come back and really just kind of nail down like i'm i'm here to stay like this is this is the kind of game i'm gonna play this year um and i think uh you know by by not scoring at five on five last year he really kind of ushered himself off of those power play units and being able to make his stamp on the power play this year has been really big because, you know, as much as we make fun of teams for signing those guys for uh, big contracts, for big bodies, uh, it, it does really help having a guy who can wedge himself in front of the net um, on those power plays. And it draws attention away from Bergeron in the slot. Like, it, he's been really good at, you know, controlling the puck after batting it down and stuff. I mean, I mean we made fun of Nick Ritchie for a while, but he's – he was that kind of player and it, it worked for a hot second at the beginning of the year, a couple of years ago. And um, it, it is an important piece and it's, it's cool to see that continuing to work. Yeah. I like that you mentioned kind of the, the playoff of Berger on there because the Bruins power play has really worked through that high bumper with him for a while now. And that only works if he has the space to make that. And granted, he doesn't need much time because he's elite, but to be able to make either that immediate pass or the turn and shoot, you can't do that if you're getting clogged up in the middle, which is obviously what the penalty killers are trying to do. So creating that extra bit of space, even if it's just a foot or two of separation and stepping at the right time can be a difference maker for scoring. And and we've seen that already this season, but um and, and just kind of to your earlier point too, like I, I know, obviously it's it, it does sound kind of silly about us getting worried about them coasting into the playoffs twenty two games in, but um, there are going to be you know those people. I, you know, I I just don't feel like you know we we find all of these excuses to like talk down win streaks and stuff, but there really just is no reason to do that. I think in this case, like it's it's early enough in the season that like Chris said, the points still matter just as much, but you know there's no reason to talk down a team that's, that's, that's playing this well, you know, and get overthinking about things like that. And, um, 
you know, obviously these types of runs don't last forever. I'm sure <laughs> they're not going to be winning 19 out of 22 games all season. If they do, that'd be fucking crazy. But, um, <laughs> you know, at being able to kind of hold on to that early season momentum for as long as you can, so that if you do hit a five game skid later on this season, it's not the difference between, you know, first place, second place, third place, wild card, that kind of thing. While the team is hot, while they're healthy, while everybody's rolling, you need to really make sure you're just grabbing as many points as they can. And obviously, they've been doing that so far. So, very, very promising stuff. And uh, I also just think that the the record they have at the Garden obviously has been so impressive so far. And and obviously, you know, we're still getting ahead of ourselves a little bit here. But that's that's something you just want to build on throughout the course of the season and, and really try to make it feel like a fortress, even if it's just kind of building the energy with the fans and stuff. I feel like we've heard. Uh, Connor Ryan talked about it when he was on a couple weeks ago, just how much louder the building's been and that sort of thing. And just creating that kind of fortress atmosphere so that when the playoffs come and hopefully if they keep playing like this, it'd be grabbing the home ice advantage that that, you know, really works to your advantage when the springtime comes around, you're playing meaningful playoff games. So I think just trying to build, you know, momentum at home, especially is, is massive going over the next few months. And uh, if you can position yourself well to not only get home ice advantage, but really make it count, that could be big. Yeah, I love that. NBA fans, the NBA action is just getting started, and so are the incredible offers at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA pregame Moneyline bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Check this out right now. Everyone can earn up to 100% boosts with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, place a same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, total rebounds, total points scored, and more. With bigger payouts than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is where we go to bet on the NBA. Download DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code TBPN, make any $5 bet this week and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Anybody got anything else? I don't know. This, this team's too good. Uh, I just wanted to mention that David Krejci extended his point streak tonight. Upon this rock, we are. Are we renovating the church at this point? I feel like we've probably built it. <laughs> he's a he's at six games, nine points. I think still six goals. Yeah. Turns out uh, Europe didn't slow him down too much. Yeah. <laughs> Seems to be okay. He actually. It seemed like it was a nice vacation for him. Cleanse his pores a little bit, you know. Got some of that fresh checky air. It's good stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, all right. So I guess before we sign off here, just a quick look ahead. Obviously, the gauntlet coming up. Uh, Vegas and Colorado twice each in the span of less than two weeks. Uh, we're also off to Arizona. I don't know I'm about you guys. I'm kind of excited to watch some, some Bruins hockey at the Mole. I know it's been catching a lot of strays for the past few months, but – um, I, I will say I don't really love the camera angle, and <laughs> that part's not great. Other than that, um, I'm excited. I, I really wish I could go there. I feel like for as much as people want to talk shit about the atmosphere, it's probably one of the best in the league right now as far as you know, being able to watch an NHL team in a college arena is awesome. It's going to have that smaller feel, and um, you know, as long as the fans in there are, are into the game, it's probably an electric stadium, I would imagine. So, um yeah, I don't know where I was going with that, really. But anyway, a couple of tough matches uh, coming up. And, you know, this is going to be something of a test for the Bruins. But, I mean, they just went through a, a heck of a test in Tampa and took care of that pretty well. So 
Um, I'm not really sure where to set your expectations as far as, you know, a five game stretch against, you know, two of those three teams are potential Stanley cup contenders again here. Uh, Also, obviously the the Bruce Cassidy storyline, it's going to be interesting. Um, but I'm not really sure, obviously, two, four, six, eight, ten points up for grabs over that week and a half stretch. I don't know where you what you expect out of this team right now. You know, it's very reasonable for them to go, you know, two and three. Would not surprise me at all. But it's also like, I don't know, they're gonna sweep house again. Who's to say? I'm I i do not know what to expect out of them. If you get five points out of that, I think you're in good shape. Yeah, um, two of the games are at home too, so you'd like to at least, you know, pick up some points there, but I don't think it's anything to read too much into either way based on what we've seen so far. So, yeah. All right. See you soon. Thanks for tuning in. Whatever Bye. you're doing, keep doing it. Keep eating the same cereal for breakfast because it seems to be working. Yeah, whatever you're doing. <laughs> don't stop. Don't stop believing either.